to Films with Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Ho, ho, ho. Oh. <laughs> and Mama K. Hi, everybody. I don't really have a clever thing to say, so. Mm. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. That's, <laughs> that's Albert. Fat Albert. <laughs> I guess he's also a large man who wears red, so. Uh, he spreads joy I suppose Uh, tonight we are removing Klaus the Netflix movie Uh, yes it is pronounced Klaus you two earlier the other podcast I was like we're reviewing Klaus and you guys were like it's Claus like Santa Claus (laughs) I don't think so because it looks folk folk taily and that's you know that's why it looked like Klaus the okay. pronunciation. All right. Well, the, the, it's a it's a Christmas movie. This is our Christmas movie because we've got other theater reviews coming up. So we're doing our Christmas movie a little early. It's a new film. Uh, came out on Netflix and it's a animated film. It's a Spanish Spanish film, uh, not Spanish yeah. language because the they all speak English. But the director uh, Sergio Pablos is actually a character creator of several of the Minions and Despicable Me movies. So that's his animation background so that's that's the school of animation he comes from it's not uh it's not pixar it's not disney um is that i don't think that's it's illumination is that what they're called not dreamworks then there's just too many of those it's related to universal right i don't i see that's the thing i don't know anything about illumination's background they're not um they're not the animated films i typically i typically follow but the plot of klaus when jesper Voiced by Jason Schwartzman, distinguishes himself as the Postal Academy's worst student. He is stationed on a frozen island above the Arctic Circle, where the feuding locals hardly exchange words, let alone letters. Jesper is about to give up when he finds an ally in local theater or local theater, local teacher Alva, voiced by Rashida Jones, and discovers Klaus, played by J.K. Simmons, a mysterious carpenter who lives alone in a cabin full of handmade toys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's 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 a, it's a interesting little tale. I didn't really know what to expect going in. I just saw it had some pretty solid uh, reviews. People were talking about it a little bit. I had heard about it from other other people. Uh, did you guys know about anything going in other than it was Christmassy? I didn't even know that. I think you just told me to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how the show goes. <laughs> I rule with uh, an iron fist. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Jess here. Um, I didn't really know anything except for that we did talk about it on a previous podcast just arguing about the pronunciation and that's about it so. hmm. well then everyone's going in very fresh even i who knew had heard of it i didn't know anything about the plot mechanisms i had no idea about this postal plot or any of the other things that came along with that so if you haven't seen klaus you probably already know more than we did going in so uh we won't spoil <laughs> it any further because we're about well we are we're going to spoil it completely uh right now yeah. so if you haven't seen it netflix go check it out if you want something christmasy animated uh kids can watch this it's not an adult animation it's it's a kid-friendly one um right all right spoiler time yeah. we rate things here at films with the women in my life based on four criteria and those are the plot the characters the visual and sound and the overall resonance and feel of the movie and like the plot enough says we start with jesper uh, voiced by Jason Schwartzman, he is a young man in a wealthy family in the postal business family. Um, this takes place, I'm guessing, it does, I don't remember if it explicitly says, but based on some historical stuff that I read up on, 1600s is my guess. Is that the time period you guys get, or do you guys not even really think about yeah. that? Oh, I didn't even think about time. Yeah, this is like a, a movie out of time. I don't think that that's relative. 
Okay. No, you know what? I'm thinking maybe like 19th century because they have horse-drawn buggies. I don't know. Maybe they had those in the 1600s. I think think they might have. I I say that based on some historical stuff, which I get later in, I guess... I'll get to it later. It could be. Uh, uh, but it's not na- it's not modern day. It's it's somewhat older. There's no modern technology. There's no electricity or anything. Um, so he's really bad at this like military academy for postal workers. <laughs> um, and his dad's the postmaster general, which is in this like an actual general. And he's like, "You're horrible right. at doing this. You're not just going to go home and bum bum around anymore. I'm sending you to uh, well, it's a town called Smirensburg. It's in the Arctic Circle, uh, and he doesn't really know anything about it. He just knows that he has to po- uh, send six thousand letters in a year, or he'll be cut off from the family estate. So our slacker, young, wealthy main character is sent to the middle of nowhere uh, by Skipper Mogens, played by Norm Macdonald." Uh, he is like a smart-ass guy who's taken in, sounds like just another outsider who doesn't know the shitstorm he's about to walk into, and yeah, that is what he walks... Yeah, for Norm MacDonald. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, right. I, I haven't seen him in a while, so, but yeah, a typical Norm MacDonald character. Right. Uh, he is brought into the town where there are two feuding families, the Ellingbows mm. and the Crumbs. The lead Ellingbow is played by Will Sasso, and the lead Crumb is played by Joan Cusack. Uh, already a lot of names in this movie. I'm surprised at how many names there are in this movie. Uh, and they are feuding in the town, and they, they're throwing shit at each other, and they're attacking each other, and Jason Schwartzman, the whole first little bit is him just trying to get his footing and figure out how is he going to six, send 6,000 letters in a year uh, and and be able to keep his, his money flow from his parents. Um, and he, he tries to go around the town, no one's taking his bait, and eventually he stumbles upon Klaus, a loner woodsman living far on the other side of Spirensburg. Uh that's J.K. Simmons' character, and he's, you know, big muscular Santa Claus, basically. Uh, he's got a house full of toys, he makes bird boxes, um, bird boxes, bird houses. Bird houses! I don't know why I'm thinking of that stupid, <laughs> horrible Sandra Bullock movie. Um, bird houses, uh, and, he, you know, he, he has to try to convince this guy who's got all these toys to to give them out to the kids in town because the kids want to write letters. It's it's kind of like a weird little little plot to get going, but it, it rolls into a bunch of, like, this is how the first Christmas got started. It's an alternative telling of this is how Christmas began with a, a slacker postal worker and his woodsman friend. <laughs> so that that's what becomes the plot, you know? The the, the feuding yeah. families come in later and there's problems. Uh, Rashida Jones' character I haven't talked about is a fish marketer. She wanted to be a teacher, but when she got there, she sounds like she had the same rude awakening that, uh, that Jesper has and has become jaded and cuts fish in her schoolhouse and sells that to try to get out of there, so... Yeah, very bleak, trying to turn the can around, make it all cheerful, and then, you know, there's feeding people. A lot of stuff going on. Um, Jess, what do you think of the plot of this movie? This one's going to be hard to talk about, because I think there's some things I liked, but a lot of things I didn't like. Um, So I think the plot is totally cute. I think if it was a little um, children's book, it would be adorable. I love Mm -hmm. how they piece together how christmas came nothing religious just about this guy trying to redeem himself to his dad get his um title back and it just ended up being um humble little story so i really love that it was super creative so if i was just 
um, rating the plot on that, I would probably give it a four or five just because it's so original. Um, and it's unlike any other Christmas story. Um, it's not about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just uh, something about it. It was so hard for me to pay attention and I was not engaged at all. I don't, I guess I'll talk about that more later in the other, um, categories. Um, hmm. just because I don't think that has to do anything with the plot. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to say four or five. Wow. Okay. Strong start. Sounds like it'll get not as good later. Um, I'm okay. What do you think of the plot? I'm glad that Jess went first, actually, because she actually described it really well. Like the plot, uh, the whole, you know, the Christmas story has been told a lot of times with, you know, the Santa, the Santa version of the Christmas story, not the the Jesus version, Um, not the real version. But I think this was a really clever way to do it. And I I also liked the plot and I liked the characters and I liked the things about it. But there was something that left me like that as well. I was not, it didn't grab me. It didn't engage me as much as I, I wanted it to. And I don't know what was missing. And maybe we'll, as we're talking about it, we'll discover what it is. But for me, there, yeah, same way. Yeah. There was something missing to keep me uh, engaged in what was in, in what was happening. Um, because I, you know, the, all the, all the opening scenes I, when it first started, I thought this is real. I like this. This is, this is very non Disney, non Pixar. There's, it's not, you know, something that somebody sat and, and, you know, painted every hair on of something. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of old school, but done yes, really, really I had well. That feeling too. Yeah. But done super duper, you know, super duper well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the plot of this movie. I think that it's really charming. I, I'm going to also give it a four or five, but I think we just kind of need to unravel it a little bit somehow. This is I'm I'm I think I'm we're all saying similar things because this is a really creative original. It feels classic. It feels like instant classicy. Mm-hmm. It has like mm-hmm. it's the animations. You know, it's it's different from old school cell, but it's it has that kind of warmth to it. Um, the plot it kind of tries really hard to do a million things and tie a million things together, and it it succeeds sometimes. But I get the same feeling you guys do in that. I, I'm not as engaged as as good as everything looks and feels. There's something that I can't. It doesn't connect fully. Um, it could possibly be. I mean, I know he's a, a it's an English speaking movie. It could be some sort of cultural language barrier we're not getting. Um, like this might speak more to a European Spanish speaking audience, even though it's an mm. English speaking film. Because it was not just the director, but a lot of the music choices that were. Well, there's music choices in here right. that are contemporary, but there's music in here. It's it's all Spanish creators. Yeah, I, I, I'm where you guys are, and I think we'll have to do our best to unravel because it's it's there's, it feels really like it should be like the most special, interesting Christmas movie in years, but it yeah. but it but it doesn't quite land there. It's it's still I think it's still got a lot of value, but I don't think it lands in that classic territory, and we'll we'll have to figure out why, I guess. Yeah. It feels kind of precious, like, you know, I don't know. It, it is, I can see it being, becoming a classic, but I can't, there's still something, and and it might be, maybe you did touch on it, that it is a bit, has a European bent to it that. It does. It feels very suitable. I think of some movies that I've seen that are English speaking made specifically by French, Spanish, Italian filmmakers and it it has a different feel to it and this feels more in that camp especially when we get to some of the other characters and the way things are written mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, I think for a plot, I'm going to give it a four. Um, cause there's nothing really wrong with the plot. I think the feuding families is not my favorite part, but it kind of needs that. Oh, I was fr- going to touch about that too. The yeah. friendship, yeah. the friendship is good between the two main characters. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's, it's very, <laughs> let's, let's get into the characters. I think that's what, that that's, what's yeah. really going to uh, help us unfurl. Uh, Mama K, go ahead. I, I found, I mean, I think the characters were great. Everybody that, you know, sort of showed up, I, I got on board with, with the exception of the feuding, like the main feuding families. Um, I like Joan Cusack as an actress, mm-hmm. but when she was talking, she did not match the character and it's not because her lips weren't moving because you know with the the animation or whatever it's just she just she wasn't that character for me i kept thinking um, jesse so, because that's the animated character if i think of her as an animated yeah. character i think of jesse <laughs> yeah and she, that's not what this character was at all not at all <laughs> and and i was i was sort of i was on board in the beginning with the darkness and and sort of the bleakness of the whole thing and so when the town turned into these feuding things. I was okay with it. But then when they turned just into these little like families or whatever, then I was sort of, then I was sort of taken out of it. Like I didn't mind that it was a whole town feuding, but just because it was these two like Hatfields and McCoys kind of thing uh, that just, that, that didn't work for me. And, and then to have their two characters, you know, that we rely on them in the end, the two one the one girl from the one family and the one boy from the other family you know fall in love suddenly um for no apparent reason yeah um, there's stuff like that for that to there's a lot of little things like that in here too that are just like I mean, did i miss yeah. something or is like is this just not really making any sense here it's already hard to engage and with that stuff going on then you're just it's even worse yeah i feel like this is yeah. like a sec first like a second draft this could have been tightened up with one or two more rights i think maybe yeah, and I liked uh, the main, all the main characters. I really liked. I you know I loved the postal guy. I love I love Klaus. What are we calling him, Klaus? Klaus. Yeah, J.K. Simmons' character. Klaus. Yeah, that he. I thought J.K. Simmons did. He was spot on with that. Um, As and always. I loved. Yeah, I loved the teacher slash fishmonger. Um, <laughs> really, a lot, and I liked that whole storyline so much. Yeah, I really liked that so much that the other part just kind of it just that other part just would just come in and like sort of like wreck it for me. Like all of a sudden, oh, we're back to these guys. No, let's get back to what's happening. Mm -hmm. And there's an overall theme of the more, you know, what is it? The uh, if you put yourself out there and you do something nice that begets more kindness and um, that, you know, that that all makes sense. Um, I like that. Uh, I mean, this movie made me cry at the end, too. I mean, we can talk about that later. But mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, it was I was feeling it. I just I just wasn't 100 percent there. And and I don't think it was because it was animated because, um, I mean, we did Coco earlier this year. And oh, that was, Coco was devastating. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that was that was a movie I got fully behind and I could totally engage. Um, and I just didn't. Um, so I'm I'm going to. I'm going to give the characters four. I know it's tough, Jess. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I agree actually with everything that Mama K said. It's it's weird because I still kind of don't like this, but I feel like all the ratings are <laughs> going to be high, so it's going to be a little confusing. Um, right. And I mean, my again, my three favorite are Alva, Jesper, and um, Mr. Claus. 
Uh, so yeah. when I first saw Jesper and even heard his voice, I'm like, all right, he's an emperor's new groovy kind of guy. Yes, thank you. That is exactly, exactly the same. I 100% yeah. Yeah, thought yeah. David Spade in Emperor's New Groove. I was going to bring that up for his character. 100% I agree. Yeah, his attitude was the same. His voice was really similar. Like, his attitude. I think he definitely. Every, yeah, he's the spoiled rich guy. Like everything. He seems very similar. Yeah, I agree with you, Jess. 100%. Yeah, but I love Emperor's New Groove inside and out. Like, and I was like, maybe it's because it has adult humor to it. Because when you watch it when you're older, I mean, it's so freaking funny. And this one is just purely um, PG for kids. I mean, adults will find it lighthearted, but there's a lot of underlying humor in Emperor's New Groove. That's just so funny. That maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but he got he's got some Emperor's New Groovy to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm But I, and I really, really liked Alva too and her character growth. Um, so, I mean, and I also agree that the feuding families felt so forced. Sometimes I forgot that was even part of the plot until you see them like, like literally rival against each other. And maybe it's because you don't know the background behind why they're fighting. And if maybe they showed more of that or more examples. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I think they're fighting just to fight. And I think that's. That maybe it's their history. It's their, the... it's their, the way of, it's just like the, <laughs> yeah, like they give all these like historical like... reasons, but every time they show a historical reason, it's just two of them fighting. It doesn't have like some underlying. Right. If, maybe if there was a source, so like if they did, you know, back in the day, this is what happened and this is why the families hate each other, we could maybe hold on to that a little right. bit more. It might but... just be like a metaphor for all one group fighting another group. Like they don't even remember why they're fighting each other anymore. They just know that's the, whether it's political or racial or religious, like you can put, put it to any one thing attacking the other thing. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But I think maybe what would have helped is if they put a source to the feud and then the audience would Agreed. be reminded or understand more or can resonate with that because that just felt, again, it was just, it was just there. It didn't, it was not part of Christmas too much. I don't know. It wrapped up just the plot at the end, but I don't really think it was necessary at all. Wow. We were really all lining up on this pretty closely. Yeah. Our three leads, uh, Jesper uh, and um, Klaus and Alva, all great. Uh, they're, they're all perfectly. Alva might be my favorite. Her introduction alone is fantastic. Too. She's yeah, like terrifying in the too. shadows, slaughtering the fish. Yeah. And then like she and then he sees the little picture of her with their graduation cap. And then it cuts to her. And she's all like covered in yeah. fish guts with a knife. <laughs> she's, Did she's, you get at all like a like a little Ratatouille kind of situation? I felt a little like the two main characters in Ratatouille. Like, uh, I don't know. I think because I felt gangly skinny you know and then i think because i overwhelmingly felt emperor's new groove with jason schwartzman that <laughs> yeah, he, like i was just like oh this is Cusco if he was in like a whole nother place and instead of becoming a llama <laughs> exactly. he was sent to you know the middle of nowhere and um we haven't we've talked about like the the there's the the klaus jesper plot of delivering toys and then there's the feud plot but we haven't really talked about the mm. the, the the delivering toys plot because the whole thing here is they are delivering toy or Jesper accidentally give or not accidentally he gives one toy to one poor kid whose parent is like locked him up and he and he can't go out and play with the other kids because the other kids are from the other tri- uh, uh, team the other tribe or whatever um, so he gives them one toy and then the other kids hear about it and they write letters and offer a penny and this is where he's, he gets his you know just Jesper gets his idea slash scheme and that's letters yeah, yeah like, like let's get the letters and and there's a character we haven't talked about yet uh mama k 
I think might have mentioned earlier on. Uh, and she's a little girl from the Sami people tribe. I believe that's how you say that name. Mm. Um, and they're like an indigenous tribe to the area. They speak a different language. We we meet their people later. And uh, I guess this is a good time to talk about Smearinsburg is based on a real Dutch-Danish whaling station in the mid-1600s, which is why I say that I think this is taking place in the 1600s, just based on what it's what it's referencing and mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. uh it was a whaling station for like 30-ish years it had a lot of folklore around it where like people would be like yeah there's that tens of thousands of sailors up there and there's gambling and brothels and all this stuff when in actuality historians are like it was probably no more than 200 people up there at a time it failed multiple times <laughs> and was eventually abandoned because the conditions were horrible and there was no way to make a, a living up there and that's like you know i like that this has a historical basis in that and that the people the sammy people are a real based on a real um you know finno group of people uh, that settled up there, still members of the population today, kind of like the Native Americans, I guess, if you were to have an American comparison as far as indigenous uh, people. Um, mm-hmm. All that stuff related to those characters and related to the feuding characters makes me like them a little more. Um, it's outside research, though, nothing that's given in the film. Um, if you have to look at just the main characters, the three main characters are good and everyone else is... Um, they, they flash. They're okay at times. So that's a four from me, too. Four for me, too. <laughs> Lining up everywhere. Huh. All right. Uh, are we going to argue at all? No? Visual and sound. I'll go back to you, Jess. What do you think? So I think this is probably where we're going to argue. Um, probably, I, probably. I guess I, <laughs> I did not appreciate the visuals of this. I thought it was so inconsistent, the artwork was. Some characters, um, you know, had, like, sharp noses, sharp chins, and then some of them were rounded. Um, and it seemed a lot of them seemed two-dimensional, and some of them seemed like they were edging towards three-dimensional. And in some scenes, there were, like, few colors. It was just, you know, green tree, brown bark. But in some scenes, there was gradients and shadows, and I just felt like it was so inconsistent, and I didn't like watching it. I know there probably is some sort of artistic flair, and this is, like, a cool style, but it's just nothing that really spoke to me. What does that mean for your rating? <laughs> that means that means I didn't like it. Although, <laughs> um, in the middle of the movie, there was that that pop song that was playing, and There's that's a when yeah. Um, yeah, when Jesper started, you know, changing, um, growing, and becoming more humble. That honestly was my favorite part. I, the song, if I heard it itself, I probably wouldn't Is it like the it. The like, "How'd You Like Me Now" song, because that's the one that sticks out. Yeah, to me. and I feel like all the colors changed, like. There was all yellows and reds and um It was a good montage. Part, I'm a sucker for a montage. Yeah, I, I like that. Um I don't know what it was. Again, the song probably wasn't good, but it, it worked for the movie, <laughs> so that's one plus. Everything else is pretty bad, so I'm probably gonna give it's like a two. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the maybe there was something to do with the sound for me that didn't like where it didn't click. Um and that's that's why I had some trouble with it. But I don't know if it was that I I mean, I didn't really there were there were songs and I was fine with the songs. And I thought that, you know, they were they were interesting. But the sound overall was it didn't resonate with me. Um, the visuals, on the other hand. Yeah, let's go ahead and disagree a little bit. I thought it was beautiful um, in a lot of different ways. And you're right. It went from oh, it went from colorful to bleak to colorful to kind of i don't know birch tree pretty kind of look that i really like and it's winter time and i'm kind of engaged in that so 
I I liked that. I liked the style of the drawing. When you're saying Emperor's New Groove, I have to admit that that was in my phase where maybe you all saw that, but I might have been making dinner or something. Um, <laughs> it's one of Nicole's favorite movies not... of all time. So just honestly, you if you idea. watch it, you think you'd you'd probably really like it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, it's not one of my favorites, this, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of how the drawings were in that movie because I am familiar with that part. And those do look, I think the drawing looks very similar to uh, the, the artwork that is, that is done in this. And I, I really do like it. I really do appreciate the, the difference. Um, It sort of has a, I don't want to say an early Pixar, but sort of a broken Pixar look about it. Um, But I, I like it a lot. And I also like how I really was engrossed in the beginning when he first got to Spirinsburg. Spirinsburg, Is that right? Because yes. I was calling it Smeeville when we were talking <laughs> off, yes, off podcast. Not Smeeville. Um, not, no. When they first got there and there were so many little scenes where the, you know, the, when it was just showing how horrid the place was and everything was in shades of gray and, and mm-hmm. maybe even drab brown. Um, and, you know, they were like torturing, they were making um, snowmen, but they weren't happy snowmen. They were these snowmen <laughs> that were being like strangled and tortured <laughs> and things were being dragged from building to build. I mean, it was just like, what is this going to be? You know, I was like really thinking kind of nightmare before christmasy but i got that feeling creepier. in the beginning too when he's driving in the the, the skipper mogans is just like kind of oh, no, no, business as usual and jesper is like looking around in horror as everything is right. terrible the kids are like scurrying around like like insects throughout the whole like houses yeah. yeah yeah and then when he has to ring the bell and you don't know like what is gonna so you know something's gonna happen but i did not think it was gonna be like armageddon all of a sudden as soon as he <laughs> rang the bell in the courtyard and the only way to stop it was to ring it a second time. I mean, who would know? Um, I I liked that. I mean, I, I liked... And, and then it lost me somewhere in the middle. It was a little mushy for me in the middle. Um, and then I liked the ending. And I liked I liked Klaus. And I liked his story about his family. You know, or his lack of family and him and his, his wife. And that he became, you know, Santa Claus. So, uh, oh, we're going back. So, I'm, I'm going all over the place now. But, um... <laughs> But I do, I you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it a three five because I I did like it, but it, there was nothing really uh, remarkable about certain pieces of it. Hmm. I, I guess I'm the high one on the visual and sound. Um, I, when you're saying early messy Pixar, I was thinking more if you took people from the 40s and 50s and gave them today's technology to make a 2D cell animation film, they'd make this because it's 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 crisp and clean but it looks old and feels old all the way through yeah. and i think that's yeah. i think that's the best comparison i can give to the look of it all um and then it should be jarring and weird and bad that these contemporary songs are thrown in there's at least three or four that are thrown in i know just mentioned the how'd you like me now and there's a couple others um but those are move and those are moments i should be like oh this is really weird and jarring and not like but those are actually the moments that pull me back into the story because they're usually also accompanied by a montage mm-hmm. which i'm a sucker for i've said it before and when that pulls me back they pull me it pulls me back in and i'm like ew it's just, it's this weird old like fantiful tale but it has like music of, from the past 10 years playing and it's very odd and i th- that's the weird little 
like quirky, not contempt like conventionalness that I like in this movie. Those are the moments I think it shines the most is when it's so it's so up its own weirdness that it that it brings me it's back kind in. Of, yeah, you think, think it'd be like think... Frozen where they play like chorus no, songs. This is like the anti Frozen. Right. Frozen's so like <laughs> Like while, by the book. Well, I, I just mean like the kind yeah. of music they play in Frozen. You think it would be similar to this just because of the time period and right. everything. Yeah, there's no musical. It's not like that's the thing. Compared to this, to, I love this way more than I don't love this. But compared to Frozen, Frozen's conventional by the book. There's some funny parts, but formulaic. This this feels fresh and weird, and I don't really know yeah. how it's gonna all go down. I know the general thing. He's gonna learn not to be a selfish asshole and help the people out, but I don't know anything else about, like, the smaller plot mechanisms, and the way we get there is way more creative than the average thing I see, and it has to do with the visual, yeah. uh, visual style and the musical choices. Um, there are scenes that stick out to me, too, like the like the bird feeders in the forest, um, when we first oh, yeah, enter Klaus's one. cabin, everything to do with Klaus's like wood stuff, yeah, looks everything up there is awesome. Great. It looks so good. Um, yeah. and maybe it's the montages. There are a shit ton of montages. There's like five or six montages in this movie, and I love them all because I love <laughs> montages. I like, like, I get it. Like, let's just do thirty seconds of character growth that I understand and move to the next big thing. And as, as far as the character design, Jess, you talked about how people look different. When I noticed people look different, was that. Jesper looked. Di- Jesper and um, and uh, Klaus and Alva, our three main characters, looked different from everyone. They all looked kind of distinct. And then the two sides, the Crumb and the Ellingbow, they each looked like each other. Like the Ellingbows looked like other Ellingbows, kind of, kind of like this rounder, right. thicker, muscular kind. And then the Crumbs were more of the lengthy, pointed, uh, regal kind, I suppose you could say. Um, yeah, I just felt it was so inconsistent and just, I, I don't know, I thought it didn't look good together. It just kind of looked... But when you have like on. one side look one way and the other side look another way, I think that for me, it helps drive home the point that they don't like each other. Like they, they, They're different. Right. Yeah, and then our three main different. characters look like, like Klaus looks like nobody. Klaus is the like the loner in the woods, the big burly loner in the woods. And that's what he looks like. Jesper looks like the, the smarmy little like guy from the big city. Who's, who doesn't know who's in over his head. And, and well, what's her And I can always forget her name. Alva. Alva uh-huh. looks like the disgruntled fishmonger who was once, you could see it. You could still see it in her <laughs> eyes that she was once, you know, a, a, someone who had a bright future and she got sent to this horrible place i think the character designs support the way the characters are and how they yeah. grow but I, I give it a four overall um maybe i'm a little low I might, i'm gonna bump it up i'm gonna give it a four or five i actually really enjoy how this looks and how the, how the sound works you're making me move that my three five to a four honestly because you're right and i'm thinking about the scene where he gives that little uh ice uh, what is it? It's like an ice sailboat to the little girl, the little Sami. Oh, yeah, girl. the Sami That's tribe cute. who live and in like going... tents on the ice. Right, and I that was actually a uh, that was a beautiful scene. That everything around that was just I thought was beautiful. And now that and and when we're talking about other movies like we talked about Coco, we're talking about Frozen. Uh, it's in a different league, in a completely not than Coco, but than Frozen. 
I would watch this movie again. I still think it's a different league than Coco. It's not a better league. It's a different league. It's not no, like no. Co- it's not like yeah, any it's... other anim- common animated movies I see these days. Yeah, I agree. And I think like it's kind of what I said before. They have kind of adult humor to them. This is like totally classic. Yeah, and uh, yeah. That, actually, that sailboat scene actually did remind me of another animated movie, uh, an adult animated film, which people should not see with their kids. The Congress. There's a sailboating scene in that. That's actually a French-Israeli film, so it kind of has another international flair for us, for us uncultured Americans. Um, but the, the end, I don't think we've <laughs> talked about really what happens at the end. Um, I'll breeze through it so we can get to our resonance and feel. Uh, Jesper and Klaus have a plan to give all the kids their presents on just Christmas Day because it's become overwhelming to do their stuff. Um, and that's and uh, what's his name? He Klaus is running out of toys. So they're kind of pinched, and they're like, well, what if we just deliver a shit ton of toys on Christmas, and that'll be, like, the thing. And we've already had the, um, he, sees you, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, like, analogy in here, which was actually yeah. created by Jesper. Uh, I like yeah. that little scene. Um, but they have the big plan, and the feuding families decide to team up to stop the goodness so they can go back to being angry at each other. This is the kind of stuff where right. if there was some reasoning behind it other than we just re- we just have to be mad at each other... Um, I think of I'll go on a quick aside. There's another kids show. I can't remember the name of it, but there's these two feuding families, and the whole point of the feuding families is one family likes to crack their eggs on the small end of the egg, and the other family likes to crack the eggs on the big end. <laughs> so the families are the big enders <laughs> and the little enders, and it's stupid and arbitrary. So totally arbitrary. It's yeah. so arbitrary and so dumb. But that little bit makes the whole thing like work so much better if they had like one little stupid yeah, thing that's what like, i'm saying they need like yeah. a, a source to this feud and it doesn't have to be comp- like big right. ender little ender what side you crack the egg on it couldn't be stupider like no one ever would think about that <laughs> right. but doing something like that makes these characters so much better and then when they team up just because out of evil like it doesn't it, it, i think that's the part of the movie especially towards the end where i'm like all right just get to the just get to the you know the happy the happiness the the overcoming of the bad right and that's what happens they the the bad family chases after him on skis and and he's stabbing at the the presence um i just should mention before uh jesper's dad comes and does the whole tempting him away oh you've done a good job all these letters and good job tricking all these these poor woods people and then they're like oh how could you do this to us you don't really care about us you know that whole trope (laughs) the theme Um, that's in like every movie yeah, it's in every right. single movie. And <laughs> so disappointed in you. It's the kind of ending that I'm like, Ugh, this is I, because I was kind of with it up to this point, and then I'm like, all right, just kind of get to the end. Get to the end. We're, we're already here, um, and you know, eventually they they actually had a kind of a somewhat clever plan. Klaus and Alva had a kind of clever plan. Uh, all the presents that were destroyed and by the by the feuding families were just logs wrapped in paper. Uh, so the real right. presents were hidden off so they could do the real delivery after. I mean, it's at least clever, I suppose. Um, so the Smearsbergs start getting better. Um, the, what's his name? Klaus stays. Jesper stays. Alva stays. They, they make the things better. And then we do like a, a further time cut. Christmas is expanding every year to other parts of the world. And Klaus suddenly, on the 12th year disappears without a trace to join his departed yeah. wife and uh jesper and he walks off into the woods yeah he wanders off into the woods on the 12th year 12 12th year 12 right. days of yeah is there anything significant to that because i thought it was a little weird that they added that to the plot that klaus just 
disappears slash dies, maybe. I was thinking 12 Days of Christmas. That's that's what I thought the 12 uh, was. Maybe you're right. I just thought maybe, that I don't know. the ending I... just kept going on and on and on. And I'm like, he could have lived. They could have been like the grandfather to uh, Jesper's kids or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. The ending's a little. The whole the whole last twenty five minutes is actually where I kind of lose the film. I'm kind of like because I like everything going on until the climax, and then the climax I kind of know it. So I'm like, all right, let's just get through the motions. Maybe there'll be some funny stuff in here and then some stuff. But, um, but every Christmas Eve, Jesper gets to see the spirit of his old friend deliver the toys, and that's that's a nice little ending. I do like that. That like that's like that's the yeah. the the contrivance of Santa in this movie is that. He was made with his friend, the 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 guy from the wealthy postal business family who slacked around and learned to learn to care about the about his job and about his people and be a better person and he made a friend and they now they deliver toys and joy to the world. So that that is Klaus. Uh the resonance and feel. Mama K, yeah. what do you think of that? Everything that we've said I think is like I think we're we're all fairly on board with one another and um I think I'd like to see this movie again. I, I want to say that it's going to be one of those movies that you would watch over every Christmas, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, is it, it's not the next elf, you know? Um, so it's, it's just something that, I don't know, maybe when I have grandkids, it'll be something that I can watch with them. I'm not sure. I feel a little bit cheated because I don't think that everything you know kind of wove its way through for me but i did i did enjoy it i resonance and feel though i don't i don't know I'm you say you shed a tear in here where did you shed a tear oh yeah well i felt oh the whole everything with klaus and his wife was just you know uh, yeah. that was so sad for me i that. i just felt really yeah i felt for them and the way that they did the montage with that where you know they're he kept saying that, you know, especially the way that they showed it the very first time where he has these little alcoves in his house and he has he makes uh, wooden people and one representing him and his wife. And then that you think really that all good. these other ones are going to yeah. be where his children are going to be. And they're completely empty. And I was just like, that was that that was impactful for me. I think I think everything that happened at Klaus's house was great. And then everything beyond that was like okay and then some parts were not great so uh, I, i'm gonna land on a three for resonance and feel maybe a two and a half just because I, that, that part of it will stick with me and that character and um how i felt about his relationship with his wife and how uh you know he was sort of able to have these surrogate children by you know becoming santa claus um <laughs> but that's about all that's about it for me so yes I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I'm going to give it a 2-5, and its lack of engagement is like, hindering it from getting any higher. And there was some cute parts. Yeah. I did like when the little girl got the boat. I think my favorite part yeah. is when Jesper goes to Alva's door with the girl that doesn't speak English and was like, do you understand this? And that kind of <laughs> got the motion going of them, you know, falling that in love. And, um, little scene, yeah. Yeah, and just little things like that were super cute. Mr. Klaus and his his wife's story was um, super sad. And that did resonate with me, but it just wasn't enough for the whole movie to get mm -hmm. a good score. I, the majority of it, it was just struggling to watch. I, I, I couldn't do it. Huh. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna have to revisit this one. This is like a three five as it sits right now because there's a lot of things I remember. Some are good and some are bad kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't quite a tearjerker for me, 
But I think about this, and I think about for these are two other movies that have nothing to do with this plot wise, character wise. They're not even animated. But what I compare this to in my head when I was watching it towards the end was The Big Lebowski and Mulholland Drive. Which, if people know who those, what those two films are, nothing Christmassy animated what? children, nothing at all. <laughs> One's a crude comedy by the Coen Brothers, and the other is a mind fuck up twisted thriller by david lynch and the Are same you just really that, stretching here <laughs> oh the same yeah i don't the know same I don't thought know i had while watching this. all three of these the first time is this feels really special and i don't really like it that much because i <laughs> move my, my point is when movies start or i like a movie a lot or i don't like a movie a lot but i feel something with it like i'm like this is this feels like special or something i need to see it's a movie i'm gonna like the second or third or later viewings and i think based on that okay. I'm, i need to give it another chance i need to watch it again i think i want to watch this again and i think i'm gonna like it more the second time because usually you know those two movies i just said some of my favorite movies of all time and they're, they're they're excellent and i watch them and i like them more each time i think this is a movie that i will like more on second viewing i think i'll pick up more i'll understand more i'll pay attention better maybe because we we watch so much stuff here that like you know if it doesn't grab you immediately and if it's not full full go like everything you love it, it does get a little a little drifty at times when we're reviewing all these and just watching stuff on our own time so right. i think I think I want to give this another chance, but as it stands now, I can't. I can't oversell it. I, I'll stick with a three-five. You know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make another weird reference. This is my Napoleon Dynamite. The first time I watched Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> just what's your? Oh, we already did. I was like, group. never mind. Impressive <laughs> <laughs> group. That I, it was sort of like you know, I was watching it, going, "This is the quirkiest, strangest movie I've ever seen," and I don't get it. I don't like this. I don't understand what's happening. And then I watched it a second time, and it was a click. You yeah, know? that's what I I'm saying. Was... That's what I was roundabout way saying about Big Lebowski. Right. I, I didn't like right, either right. of this movie the first time. Mulholland Drive is like a top five, and Big Lebowski is like a, one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Like, there's something about watching it again when you already know what's going on. You're able to just kind of relax into it and enjoy it more. Maybe focus or yeah, yeah. you pick up on things yeah. you don't pick up before. Be with it a little bit. Yeah, but there's enough. Go- I feel like there's enough goodness in here and like enough specialness where like I did. I I want to give it that second chance and that second watch to be like I liked you the first time. Do I love you or are you overrated? And I think that's what I would like to. Maybe we're. I don't know. This. I hmm. I want to give it a second chance, but I don't think there even was enough for me to get there. It sounds like just that I- your some of your problems later on were different than mom like at the beginning i think we the three of us had similar things and then when it got to visual and sound and actually like caring about the whole story as a whole you started to verge off more than maybe mama k and i did yeah that's true but could be i don't know <laughs> she's like what's next what's next on the list okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap this one up here with uh <laughs> jess would you recommend klaus i mm. i don't but i i love its wow. creativity if it was a storybook and it had, you know, the bright illustrations and the visuals, I would think it's totally cute. I buy it for every kid that I know for Christmas because I really, really do like the plot. I thought it was so creative and so fun. It just didn't follow through for me. Not enough to recommend it to anyone and not enough for me to watch it again. Mom, okay. That was a solid opinion. Um, I am going to recommend I already did recommend it uh, today to someone and... Because I do think that there is enough in it that like a lot of times movies will be for us or for me at least will be like plot is simplistic plot is blah 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 and that's 
that's the lower lower of of the ratings for me um and in this case um i really like how they i really like the telling of this story mm-hmm. um that we know so well so uh i'm i'm going to go ahead and recommend it and say put it put it on your christmas list especially if you have kids i think that they're going to find it to be really Fun. Yeah, that's another thing we didn't really mention about. I mean, we probably should for a, you know a PG animated kids movie. Um, this is a good kids movie. There's especially you know for younger kids, there's a lot of good slapstick with our lead and and with Klaus um, right. that the kids are gonna just eat up. I think kids will love this movie. It's not too long, and they'll 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 be able to you know the the lull parts they'll be distracted and then they'll jump back in when you know Klaus is, or uh, not Klaus uh, Jesper. Jesper Jesper has fallen down the chimney and getting chased by dogs right. like they're gonna love that shit um, but I think there could be something special here I'm not ready to give it like the special tag but there's there's glimpse and pieces that make me want to revisit it I probably will um, and I recommend it you should go see it I really like it um, maybe I don't. Maybe I do. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I like it enough to get. <laughs> we'll find out. I like it enough where I want to watch it again, yeah. and I would tell people if they're looking for a Christmas movie they haven't seen before that they can watch with their kids, they should watch Klaus. Yeah. Two recommends. One not recommend Klaus. Uh, that was our Christmas movie of the year. Maybe we'll get to one more before the time, but I don't think so because I think we have some. We got some theater reviews. Um, it's the time of year where it's awards. So, like, a lot of the big movies, like, there's stuff we're going to review, but I don't know when it's going to come out to wide theaters. Like, Richard Jewell we're going to do. We're going to do Uncut Gems. We're going to do 1917, Bombshell. Um, uh, I think we might do Just Mercy. There's just a lot of big Oscar-y kind of movies that come out, and what they do is they come out in, like, three theaters for a week, and then they don't come out wide until the first week of January. So, we'll get, we'll keep you guys updated if you want to be updated on what we'll be what we'll be releasing, uh, if you want to recommend anything to us when we have... Also, there's a Star Wars film coming I out. I skipped over that because everyone knows Star Wars is coming <laughs> out. We're going to do Star Wars. We're probably going to do, um, similar to our MCU talk show we did before Spider-Man came out, we probably do. We'll do a Star Wars talk show just so, you know, Rise of Skywalker is in three yeah. hours of us explaining why we love or hate Star Wars. Like, we'll we'll do a 45-minute-ish we'll <laughs> show about what we think about Star Wars or, or each of our hosts and... Or whoever's going to be on that episode. But yeah, Rise of Skywalker, we're definitely doing yeah. in like well, a week and a half, two weeks. But all the other smaller Oscar yeah. movies, uh, follow us on our social medias to keep up with that. That's uh, Films with the Woman in My Life on Facebook. And you can always reach out to me individually on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Of course we're doing Rise of Skywalker. We'll, we'll figure that out. Um, but everything else, it depends on the release dates. Uh, Jess, Mama K, thanks yeah. for being on for class. Thank you. You're welcome. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.